Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and I am excited that you are joining us for our service this morning. The scripture reading for today is in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Luke 24, 13 through 35. And it says this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they were conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, Today is the third day since these things happen. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. And we pray, Holy One, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, God, be pleasing to you, O God, our Lord and our Redeemer. And I ask, Father God, that you make me small this morning so that your word may be magnified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I don't know if some of you might have heard of a ministry called A Walk to Emmaus. 
It's actually a pretty good ministry. I've never um, been in this retreat. It's a retreat type of ministry. I've never been on it, but I've known of some friends who have. And, and it really is um, a great ministry. In fact, um, a description of it, um, it says, The Walk to Emmaus is an experience of Christian spiritual renewal and formation that begins with a three-day short course in Christianity. It's an opportunity to meet Jesus Christ in a new way as God's grace and love is revealed to you through other believers. So I read that and, and I share that with you because when I think about um, the walk to Emmaus, I think about this ministry and, and how how exciting it is uh, because the people that have gone that I know, they, they were excited to go. Um, they knew that they were going to go to this retreat and it was going to be a spiritual renewal for them. They knew that they were going to be prayed over. They knew that, that people were going to write them letters and encourage them. And it was something that they really looked forward to and they were excited about going. But I say that because, um, and this ministry begun uh, from this particular scripture, but it's the ministry that we focus on the end result of that walk, of that journey. And, and, and today I want us to look at the beginning part of that journey because that is um, important and I think it's, it's something that we can definitely identify with and find value in. Because see, the disciples, as they were walking um, away from Jerusalem, they were leaving Jerusalem, walking to Emmaus, see, they were not in that exciting place. In fact, they were, they were pretty broken. They were disappointed. See, they didn't know what laid ahead of them. They knew what had just happened. But the future, the future was uncertain. And so there was no excitement for them. There, there was no, nothing to look forward to. They didn't know that somebody was going to be there to encourage them. In fact, they were walking in a place of sadness and a place of heart where they had been heartbroken. And it's important that we understand that setting. Just a little bit of background. This scripture takes place on Resurrection Sunday, on the day that Jesus resurrected. And, and they were leaving Jerusalem because by now it's just three days had passed. And, and, and you know, they, they had not seen anything. Now, the interesting part, though, is that they had heard that, that the women had, had gone to the tomb and the tomb was empty and, they had, and the angels had revealed that, that, that he was alive and yet they were so heartbroken and so disappointed that they decided to just leave Jerusalem. And Jerusalem at this time was ground zero. It was where everything was happening. In fact, it was where they were told to stay and remain there. But again, they were so heartbroken that they rather just say, let's just go home. And so they went. Today, I want us to look at this scripture, and, and I want us to dissect it in a way that really, I think, is, is an amazing message for each one of us today. We're going to look at three life application points this morning. So take your um, notes, uh, take your paper so that we can begin taking your notes so that we can continue to study um, these scriptures through the week. Life application point number one is we must walk in the truth. Why is that important? Because I think especially in the church community, especially in the Christian community, I don't think we create a safe space for people to be able to walk in their truths when um, there are issues going on, when there is brokenness happening, when, when there is disappointment, when, when things are not going well. I don't think... We do a good job at creating that space. Um, in fact, 
I think we create some kind of an environment that says if you tell somebody that you're struggling through something, then they're going to think that your faith is weak. They're going to think that that you're not um, firm in your faith or that you're, you're not a good Christian. You know, people tend to call Christian people saints, and somehow we think that we, you know, we have to kind of live up to that title. And so I think it's important today that, that we pause and, and understand that it is important that we walk in our truth, whatever that truth may be. You know, um, our church um, uh, members have heard me say this uh, many times before, but I, I just think it's, it's really awesome because I always think about the GPS system and, and how we depend on it so much today. Um, but the, the cool thing about the GPS system is that you, you, tap, you tell it where you want to go, and it will tell you exactly how to get there. It will tell you how many miles. It will even get to the point of tell you, you know, how many steps even um, before you turn and what have you. But the thing about the GPS system is that in order for it to take you where you want to go, you first have to tell it where you are. Now, I'm old enough to remember when you had to type in your address. But, but the cool thing about it today is that it will tell you where you are. You, you don't even have to, to know the exact location. It will find that location for you. And that is how I think it's important that we apply this today. Walking in our truth means we need to acknowledge where we are right now. Let me ask you a question. Have you had someone break a promise to you? Now, let's slow down a little bit because, because I'm not talking about a promise when somebody says, I'll pick you up at nine and they didn't show up. Or, or somebody says, I'm going to take you a cheesecake and, and they never show up. And, and members of our church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No, no, I'm not talking about that kind of broken promise. I'm talking about the kind of broken promise that just tore you up. A broken promise that just knocked the wind out of you. A broken promise that just blindsided you, that, that you did not see that coming. A, a broken promise that, that you had actually believed in, that you you just knew this was it, this was the one, this, this is going to happen, and you were excited, and then, then the promise was broken. Remember how you felt. Remember how, how it left you so numb that, that, that you almost welcome pain because you just want to be able to feel something. And I, and I take us there because that is exactly where these two disciples were. Cleopas and then the other one is not, his name is not given to us. But they were at that place. They were so heartbroken. Because they believed that Jesus was the Messiah and they could not understand what happened. See, the Messiah in their mind was not going to be crucified. The Messiah in their mind, the one that was coming to redeem them and redeem Israel, was not going to die such a horrible death. So, so to them, it just did not make any sense. They did not understand to the point that they said, what's the use? Let's just go home that now what moment and friends i know i know that many of us have been there where we have said now what now what do we do 
And, and maybe you are in the middle of that moment right now. And so, so this message is important because this message is for you. Why do we have to acknowledge where we are? Because we can't get to where we need to go until we know and acknowledge where we are today. And let me tell you why that's also so important. If it is some sin that we're struggling with, if it is some kind of addiction that we're struggling with, if, if it's something, something that's, that's really weighing us down, unless we acknowledge it, we cannot repent from it. See, repent is, is not just saying, I'm sorry. It means that we're changing our direction altogether. And in order for us to acknowledge that we need to repent, we first need to acknowledge that it's happening. And, and I think this is a hard part for many of us. See, see we, we, we might acknowledge that something happened, but we don't, we don't want to deal with it. Let, let's just move on. Let's just, there's nothing we can do about it. Let's just, let's just move on and pretend it didn't happen. And, and that is not going to lead us to repentance. We can't ask for forgiveness. How will we receive his grace and his forgiveness? If we don't accept that we are broken, how can then we be restored and healed and, and be brought to a place of wholeness? How can, can we get better if we're not willing to tell the doctor what is hurting. And so today, it is important that we acknowledge where we are today, wherever, whatever that may be. There's a term in counseling that says, you can't heal it if you can't feel it. And so, so the first step is that we must walk in our truth. And why is that important? Because then we see in this story the way Jesus handled that. The way Jesus handled those disciples, they were walking in their truth. Here's life application point number two. We don't walk alone. I love this story because the disciples, again, were so disappointed that they were leaving Jerusalem. They were leaving, you know, Jesus behind. He was, he was dead. It was over. And they were leaving. They were walking away. They were going home. They were going back to a place of uncertainty, but it didn't matter. They, they just needed to just go home. And Jesus is following them and meets them right where they are. See, they didn't have to go looking for Jesus. Jesus went to where they were. And, and, and we need to understand that. And I'm going to say it again and, I, and so that we can fully understand that. Jesus will meet us right where we are, right where you are right now, right in your couch, right in your bed, wherever it is that you are right now. Jesus will meet you and I right where we are. The other thing that I love about this story is that he listened to them. Listen, he listened to them. He didn't get, go up to them and, and say, you know, you guys are crazy. And I can't believe you, you didn't believe what, all the things that I told you. I mentioned it over and over that this was going to happen. And why are you standing there in disbelief? No. See, maybe that's what you and I would have done. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus listened to them. He listened to their disappointment. He listened to them being heartbroken. And he walked with them. See, Jesus knew that they were going the wrong way. 
But, but he didn't stop them. He didn't say, wait, hold on, I'm going to stop you right here. You need to turn around, you need to go back. No, he walked with them and allowed them to be able to say what they were feeling. He didn't chastise them. He gave them an amazing gift of presence. And here is a, is a huge lesson for those of us in ministry, those, those of us that are Christians. Are we giving anyone out there that is going on their, on their walk to Emmaus and in their moment of disappointment and their walk of shame, are we giving them the ministry of presence? A ministry in which we walk with them and we listen. See, church, you know, we don't need to have our Bible under our arm. We don't need to have a list of scriptures that we, that we need to present to people that are in that moment. These disciples, they knew the scriptures. They knew what Jesus had told them. They had even heard that the, that the angels had said, he is alive, and yet they still were struggling with it. It wasn't lack of information. It wasn't lack of facts. It was a condition of their heart. Remember last week we talked about how doubt, it requires the intellect, but disbelief, it involves the heart, it involves a condition of the heart. And here we see it again where, where Jesus tells them, you slow of heart to believe. Jesus acknowledges here their condition. And you and I, church, we need to be able to understand as we encounter individuals that are going through their struggle, that we, that we need to walk with them, that we need to listen to them, and that we need to stop telling people how they should feel. Imagine, you know, one thing that you and I, we're very good at saying, well, you need to snap out of it. You need to just move, get over this already, right? But, but that's not how Jesus handles this. He walks with them. He listens to them. He takes the time to explain to them. Jesus took the time to listen to their pain, their disappointment, and acknowledge their sadness. Why are you sad? So we need to walk in our truth. We need to acknowledge that we don't walk alone. And here's application point number three. Their eyes were open. See, when when we walk in our truth, and when we acknowledge that we're not walking alone, that Jesus is with us, then we open ourselves for some heart-probing questions, for some spirit-probing questions. Jesus here asks them, what are you saying? Why are you sad? And, and here, verse 21, gives us the answer on what they were talking about and why they were sad. Verse 21 said, we had hoped. <laughs> In fact, if you see how they responded, when Jesus says, what are you talking about? You know, what are you sad? And the response was, are you the only one that hasn't heard what's going on? Have you been living under a rock somehow? <laughs> and I'm thinking that maybe Jesus could have said, uh, well, kind of. <laughs> if there were some Bible students out there, you know, you would have caught that one. Are you the only one that hasn't heard what was going on? It was a big deal. But Jesus 
is asking them these questions. And I think that when we are, are able to, to get to that place, then he asks us the same question. And you and I can also say, we had hoped. We had hoped that this was going to happen. See, they had gotten to a place where they were hurting. When we lose hope, that's, 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 that's a, a very difficult situation to be in. It's a horrible condition to be in. And here they had lost hope, not because Jesus had broken a promise, but because the, the expectations that they had self-imposed, that they had generated themselves, those are the things that Jesus didn't meet. And so that's what caused them to be disappointed. It wasn't that Jesus broke the promise. It is that their hope was set on the wrong expectations, self-imposed expectations. They could not recognize him standing right there, walking with them because they were blinded by their own expectations. Not, and Jesus had shown them and had told them that this was going to happen, but because they had their own expectations, they couldn't see beyond that. And church, let's pause here for a bit. Because does that sound familiar to you and to me? When we have our own expectations, and, 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 and when we have our own expectations of the way God is supposed to work and the way Jesus is supposed to do certain things, when we have our own expectations, we're not open to be able to receive or even see what he has for us because, because our expectations have filled up that space. We are blinded to what he's trying to give us because we don't have any room in our shelves. Our shelves are full of our own expectations and there is no room for what Jesus has for us. We are not able to see what he is working, trying to work in our lives. And we do that, church. We do that today and that's why this message is so important. There were, their eyes were opened when they were, they were finally in a place where they were able to receive. It is, it is interesting that their, their eyes were, were open when, when they were eating the meal. When, when Jesus broke the bread and blessed it, it is right there, Scripture says, that they were able to acknowledge and see that it was Jesus, that it was the Lord. And, and of course, because that is what happens when we celebrate communion. It is when everything comes together, what is symbolic, what it represents here, the lamb that, that had been slaughtered, that had been slain, the, the bread that represented the broken body that it was given for us, the wine that represented the blood that he had shed. All of this came together as they were breaking bread. And they had seen Jesus do this before, but the difference this time, is that they saw pierced hands as he was breaking the bread. So today, I want us to, to allow Jesus to ask us those questions. What are you talking about? What are you dealing with? What is making you sad? You know, notice that he didn't force himself on them. As they were walking and they got to where they were, Jesus said, I'm going to keep going. And they said, no, no, come, stay with us. 
And Jesus is not going to force himself on you and on me today. But, but can we have that same reaction that they did? And in order for us to get to that place, we first have to invite him in. Because when we do, when we invite him to stay with us, when we invite him to continue to open our eyes and continue to show us, then we will have the same reaction that they did. Our eyes will be open. And, and we will be able to see that, that we never walked alone, that, that his grace was sufficient, that he never left us. And, and we're able to, to look back at situations and say, the only reason that I was able to walk away from that accident was because of him. The only reason that I was able to recover from that situation was because of him. It wasn't luck. It wasn't chance. It wasn't crystals that you had bought or, or candles that you had turned on or, or things that you had. No, it was him. It was him the entire time. We never walked alone. And we are able to, to leave ourselves open to be able to see and, and fully understand the scriptures and fully understand the divine plan that he has for us. Are you able to see that today? Are you able to look back and say, wow, that was him. It wasn't my luck. That was him. It wasn't chance. It was him that, that never left me, that never forsake me. Are you ready? to make that invitation today. The reality, church, is that there are two paths. The one coming back, as they did, you know, when they had that experience immediately, it says, at once they got up and they went back and they had to go and tell their friends what they had just witnessed. And, and, and many of us that are listening to this message today, we probably are there. We probably have done our journey. We have had our Emmaus moment and we've had the revelation of Jesus. And now we're excited and we're running back to, to tell our friends and to let them know what is going on. And I'm really excited about that because you and I, we have a lot of work to do. And if you're on that path, then God bless you and hallelujah. And I'm excited for you. And let's go arm in arm and let's do what we're supposed to do and go share the good news. And let's offer the ministry of presence this week to be able to, to, to see the people that God's putting in our paths. And there are a lot of people out there right now that are hurting. And let us listen to them. Let us walk with them. Let us, let us offer the ministry of presence. See, we can't tell people to snap out of it. It is their own journey to have. We can't tell people how they're supposed to feel, but we can help them as we lead them to Jesus, be able to have their own experience, just as Thomas did and just as these two disciples did. But here's the other path, the path where they're going, the path where they're giving up, the path where they're disappointment, the path where they just have that now what moment and the only other thing that I know to do is to walk away. Are you on that path this morning? Today, I'm here to tell you that you're just an invitation away. Jesus is not going to force himself on you, and we're not going to force him on you either. But this is, this is a moment in which you have the opportunity to say, Jesus, stop. Stay with me. It's getting late, and I need you. 
Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I come in and eat with that person and they with me. Are you ready to make that invitation this morning? I pray that you are. Because this is a moment in which we can have our own Emmaus moment and where, and where we can, can, can get to that place of understanding that, that walking in our truth is important when we can acknowledge that not only has he always been there, but he will always be with us and that our eyes are now open to better understand so that we can grow in our relationship, so that we can go and help those that need to hear the good news today. Are you ready to make that invitation? It's time for us to go. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you for this message, and we thank you because we are so encouraged by it today. Oh, we thank you for, for loving us so much that you allow us that space for us to be able to walk in our truth and, and to understand today, God, that, that there is no fooling you. Just like Jesus knew at the moment that he was following them, just, just like Jesus, Jesus knew what they were going through, God, you also know. But you love us enough to be able to allow us to walk in our truth and, and be able to safely say, I need your help because I'm dealing with these things. And today we are encouraged, God, because the way you handle Cleopas and the other disciple is the way you handle our truths today, God. And we thank you because we understand that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us and that your grace is sufficient. And in those moments, Scripture tells us that we feel weak. It is then that your strength is magnified and made perfect. And we thank you for that today, God. And we thank you because that means that you will always go with us, God. And, and, and everywhere that you lead us, God, you will always make a way and you will always order our steps. And those steps will lead us to victory. And we thank you for opening our eyes and being able to see your majesty, being able to see your grace, being able to see your love, being able to see that your grace and your love are bigger than anything that we could deal with, anything that we could have done. Thank you because we will never be able to outrun your grace and your love. And so I thank you now for, for those that are listening on this morning, God, that, that are on their journey back to wholeness, to healing, to restoration, and to reconciliation. It is in Jesus' name that we claim all this as true and done. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. I pray that this service blessed you in a mighty way. And just, just a couple of quick notes. Um, we now, we're excited about this. We now have the children's church service and lessons also on our website nb-ccc.org. You go to our virtual services, you'll be able to see the children's ministry messages there today. So parents, I know you're excited and we're excited that we're able to share that with you. I also wanted to share this information because I think it is important. As a church, during this difficult time, we have committed to make monthly donations to the San Antonio Food Bank. It is a way of us doing our part in helping our community. 
We are a small church and, and there's just so many things that we can do by ourselves. And that's why it's important that we partner up with other organizations out there so that our um, contributions can go a lot farther by doing that. So I encourage you, if you are struggling right now, uh, please feel free to use those resources that the city offers and know that your church is, is helping in, in making those contributions. Again, thank you for joining us. Um, go to our website. Let us know how you are doing. Send us your prayer requests so that we can continue to pray those prayer requests with you and, and for you. And it's also an opportunity to give your tithes and your offerings. We're excited um, about what God is doing in our church and what God is going to continue to do in our lives, in us, and through us. God bless you, and we will see you next week.